So let's read some scripture here, beginning in verse 1 in Exodus chapter 8. And I, I trust that you brought your Bibles, and so you can follow along. And he says in verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house and into thy bedchamber and upon thy bed and into the house of thy servants and upon thy people and in thy ovens and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and they covered the land of Egypt. Now watch this. The devil's crew... Janus and Jambres, that's who these guys are, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. They're going to be able to do this too. And remember, we preached last week that the devil mimics the miracles of God. Now, he's not going to be able to mimic all of them. But we're going to learn the devil knows a little something about frogs. And so he's able to mimic this miracle. Watch what happened. And it minimizes the work of God. And he does this to mesmerize the people. That word mesmerize means to shift the focus from. And you're so focused on what you're not supposed to be looking at. That you don't do what God wants you to do. The focus should be on God. Now watch what they do. And the magicians did so with their enchantments. And by the way, i got to throw this in here. It's bothered me all week. Have you ever been at a church where they, they had the youth, youth and all of a sudden they, they put on them a magic show for the kids in the church? That ain't happening here. You say, oh, pray. Now, it just, it's been bothering me for a week or so. Just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying somebody had that ideal. I don't like that stuff. You want to watch a magic show, you do that on your own time. But not in the house of God. Uh, uh, and you say, well, it's just sleight of hand. I know. But I don't like it. Because I see this stuff going on with the devil's people. And so uh, I don't like that. I don't like that stuff. And, and somebody could correct me on that later. But I, I got scripture on that. Anything that has to do with magicians and magics and sleight of hands and enchantments and, and trying to coerce the, the power of demons to do certain things. The child of God, God's people knows, does not need to have anything to do with. Uh, Jesus didn't put on a magic show. To preach the gospel. He, he didn't have a magic show that followed him along. I don't know why I'm on this. It is not in the message. But it has been something that bothered me. Uh, I guess maybe I've seen something or remember having seen something years gone by that churches, and I'm talking about Bible-believing churches. I'm not talking about the devil's churches. I'm talking about Bible-believing Baptist churches. Oh, we're going to have us a magic show for our kiddies. We're not having one here. <laughs> I sure hope somebody wasn't planning one. I didn't know about it because I just burst your bubble. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> magic shows <laughs> because it never has the right connection with God. It's got more to do with the devil and deception. Magic's about deception. 
where <laughs> the eye is not as fast as the mind. And you get tricked into thinking you've seen something or not seen. That has more to do with the devil than with God. Jesus doesn't use tricks. Jesus does not use magic. Jesus does not use the power of demons. The devil does, and that's what's going on here. And we need to stay away from that. Uh, everybody knows what apostasy looks like in its final stage, but nobody ever wants to talk about what does apostasy look like the first step down that path. I believe this to be one of them. It's free of charge. That won't cost you anything extra this week. Uh, just the Holy Spirit said, throw that in there, by the way, uh, on the shake and bake here. And so let's move on. And he says they brought up uh, through enchantments. Remember, that's the power of demons. They were harnessing the power of demons. And they were able to bring frogs upon the land. Now watch what happens. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. Now watch this. I got a kick out of this this week. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me. You know what's he saying? Oh, amen. Bless God. He got born again. Amen. He got religion. He got revived. Glory over me. Oh, happy in the spirit. Oh, Pharaoh's seeing the light. No, he didn't. <laughs> We're going let's read on. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses that they may remain in the river only? Now, here's where I get the text. Now, in all this distress, frogs, he says, Tomorrow. <laughs> really? Nah. But that's what Pharaoh says. Tomorrow. And Moses said, he said, and he said, Be it according to thy word that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from thee, from thy houses, and from thy servants, and from thy people. They shall remain in the river only. And Moses and Aaron went up. From Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according unto the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the villages, and out of the fields, and they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, that means rest, that means the crisis is over, he hardened his heart. And hearken not unto them, and the Lord had said, as the Lord had said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod, and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now let's stop there. We'll preach on lice next week. It's got a curse and demonic connections to it. But I assure you, the devils, they couldn't reproduce this one. And so, uh, but this one, the frogs, we need to talk about frogs. But let us pray, ask God to get into the message this morning to teach us from His Word. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank You. Lord, help us today. Lord, we know that there's some folks that are not here that should be here. We understand there's some folks that uh, are, are out because of vacation, and we understand that. But Lord, help us not to grow cold on You. Help us not to be like... Pharaoh, where we just got you on speed dial. 
whenever there's a crisis. Lord, help us to be true children of God. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. A few comments about this passage of Scripture we see here in verse 1. God speaks to Moses, and Moses speaks to Pharaoh. I believe this is a pattern that we need to pick up on in the Word of God. Uh, uh, It's a pattern that when God wants to speak to a people or a group of people, He'll raise up a prophet or a preacher to speak and then send him to speak to the people. I got some New Testament scripture on that, and I believe God's still doing that today because in Romans chapter 10, about verse 13, He says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? There is a growing trend today... And I believe it's always been around that uh, uh, when you're saved, you're born again. You're like, well, I don't need a preacher. I don't need church. And I I don't need the family of God. I love Jesus. And me and Jesus got our own thing going. But I don't like the church. Well, I got news for you. If you don't like church, the body of Christ, you don't like Jesus either. You don't get to pick the one and cherry pick and not pick the other. There's something wrong with what you're calling salvation. But let me let this put this thing into perspective. I'm not trying to say that I don't believe in the priesthood of the believer. And you can get as close to God as I can get to God. And God, because you've got the Holy Spirit of God in you, uh, the Holy Spirit can commune with you through the Word of God. But He is still ordained and called pastors and put them in churches for the perfecting of the saints. And sometimes, because there's a conflict of interest when the Holy Spirit starts convicting your heart of sin, that you won't call it out in yourself. And this God's got to send a prophet. God's got to send a preacher in to call that thing out. It's God, the pastor, and then the people. And we see this pattern repeat over and over again. Now, God Himself could have marched right into the throne room of Pharaoh. God Himself could have come in there and snapped a few fingers or even thought the thought and changed that whole thing around, but He didn't do it. We serve a just and a righteous God, and He rose, He raised up a man. And you'll see that God raises men up. God blesses men that He has called to the ministry. God doesn't necessarily bless the ministry, but He'll bless the man in the ministry. That's biblical. We see this pattern repeat so many times there during the judges. And as soon as that man, that judge, had passed off the scene that God had raised up, The people went right back into apostasy. God quit blessing them until they went back into uh, a servitude to some foreign nation and then God had to raise up another man. Preachers... (laughs) Preachers are essential, is what I'm saying. God called preachers and pastors are necessary for the perfecting of the saints. And I got news for you. Yes, God does talk to you. But because of a conflict of interest, (laughs) I mean, even I myself have to go to the doctor. Why? Because I'm not going to look at my fat self in the mirror and say, I think my cholesterol is a little high. I'm going to have to have somebody that tells me the truth and says, look, instead of eating a double Powell's burger, you might want to eat the single. Oh. 
Did I let that out of the bag? <laughs> I didn't eat the whole thing. I just had two bites. Jen eat the whole thing. <laughs> you say, why? There's a conflict of interest. We, we, we want to be judged off the intent of our actions, but we want to judge other people off the conduct of their actions. Ain't that how we are? And so God's got to raise up a, a, a non, a, what do we call that? A party that is, does not have a conflict of interest. A third party. that can look at you and look at the labs and say, you're going to have to straighten your act up. Figured I'd throw that in there free. We see this second plague. The plague of frogs. The first plague was turning the water into blood, killing everything in them. And this was a judgment that God brought upon the false god of Num, whom the Egyptians worshipped. He was the god of the Nile River. And you're going to find in these ten plagues that God is passing judgment on their gods that they were worshipping. See, the Egyptians were polytheistic. And they also worshipped the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh was a title that he was the go a god. And that's why Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? They believed in polytheism. It doesn't matter. There's many ways. I got news for you. There's only one way. And that's God's way. And so God judges this false god of Num, who was the god of the Nile River, when he turned it into blood. He was, <laughs> see, they, they believe that that god Num blessed them, and, and twice a year it overflows its banks and, and, uh, and, and it fixes and, and, and helps it, puts the sediment, as I learned in school, the sediment back on the fields. And that's why their fields are very fertile down there, is they flood twice a year, and they put all that sediment out there, and they're able to plow, and it's got all the fresh nutrients up there is a very in these days i don't know about today in these days it was a very fertile place and so they worshiped the god of this river the nile come or numb and then they also worshiped a god called osiris who is said that his blood was actually the water that run through the nile Oh, you have a lot of false superstitions going on here. And God says, oh, I've got news for you. I'm stronger than your God, Num. And I'm saying Num. It's, it's probably not its right pronunciation. It's spelled K-H-N-U-M. And so I don't know how that's pronounced. It's Num, 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 Dum, Dum. I don't know. But I do know this. It's a false God. It's a demon-possessed God. It's some fallen angel that they were worshiping, and, and he had them in servitude. But now this week, he calls that plague of frogs up. And see, the Egyptians, they also worshiped a false goddess. And her name was Heket. Heket. H-E-Q-E-T. You say, well, there should be a U behind it. Well, there wasn't when I looked it up. <laughs> You're taking it from another language, putting it into English. I don't know how you pronounce it. I listened to some preachers. That's how they pronounced it. Haket. Sounds pretty good. But see, she had the body of a woman, 
but the head of a frog. Now, I got news for you. You know this wasn't in the south, south of the Mason-Dixon line. Because if we got us a plague of frogs down here, we'd all have a frog leg fry. You better believe it. We, we, we'd be stocking freezers. We'd be figuring out how to can frog legs. We, we'd be putting them in ponds. We'd, we'd, we'd be doing all kinds of stuff. We'd fry them. We'd boil them. We'd chop them up and make artificial crab meat, frog leg. You know, we'd do all... I, I, I got hungry putting this thing together like, hey, I got news for you. I'd be eating some frog legs, and I can eat a lot of frog legs. My family can eat a lot of frog legs. Jen don't like frog legs. I'll eat them if they're fresh. You say, well, why didn't they do that? Because it was against the law in this day to kill a frog. Wasn't allowed to step on them. Wasn't allowed to kill them. They were, I don't know what you want to call them, but these people were worshiping frogs. It was one of their gods. You know, there's countries today that worship cows. And I don't mean that they worship them to the fact that they're making steaks out of them. They're starving to death. Got a country full of cows, yet they will not eat one. You say, why? Because they worship it. It's their God. They're not going to kill a cow to eat it. I ain't that devoted. <laughs> You know, there's places in the Bible that says don't eat pork, don't eat bacon. And I, I, I thank God that we're in the New Testament. And he had to teach Peter that lesson by laying down that sheet and there was all manner of unclean animals. Because I eat bacon. And I got news for you. There'll be spare ribs at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I bet you there ain't no other hog like a heavenly hog up over there. You say, oh, preacher, that's terrible. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe I'm dreaming about something I shouldn't even be worried about. But these people were worshiping frogs because it was their goddess, Hecate. She was the goddess of fertility. And so Janice and Jambres, they knew all about frogs. And they had been manipulating the people through that anyway. And so they called up frogs. What I find amusing is they didn't know how to get rid of them. They could bring them up, but they couldn't get rid of them. Now the devil, he knows a little something about frogs. There's a verse of scripture over there in Revelation. About 16, about verse 13, he says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out, of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Talking about the Antichrist. They're going to be full of the devil, people. You ain't seen anything yet. For they are the spirits of devils. Working miracles. The devil can work miracles. Which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. These spirits that look like frogs that come out of the mouth when the Antichrist and when the false prophet and the dragon, the devil, speak, they go out to deceive the people. 
to gather them together against Israel. There at the Valley of Megiddo. We're seeing that coming together right now. Now, I'm not saying that, that the frogs have done went out. I'm saying it don't just happen overnight. It's being played out now. We're seeing the beginning stages of this thing. We're not in the trib yet, don't you? Don't panic unless you're lost. If you're lost, you need to panic. You need to get born again. We, that tribulation doesn't start till we're raptured out of here. But the stage is being set, and the Bible student knows this. So the devil... He knows that he knows something about frogs. Now, notice that Pharaoh has the man of God on speed dial. You see that? Verse 8, then Pharaoh called for Moses. But then verse 15, as soon as that crisis is over, he hardens his heart back. He said, I'm okay. I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. I believe there's a lot of Christians like that today. The only time you see them, only time you hear from them is when they got a crisis. And they got Jesus on 911. That's the only number they got for God. I got news for you. God has a non-emergency number also. God's got a non-emergency number. Do you have that one? Do you have that daily Walk with Christ. God doesn't want to hear from you just in a crisis. God doesn't want to hear from you after He's putting some pressure on you because you're going the wrong way, and all of a sudden it's 911. Oh Lord, I'll repent. I promise I won't, I won't miss any church services. I promise I'll raise my children in church. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. You can't get them there now. Oh, I'll be good. No, you won't, because as soon as the crisis is over, phone goes back in the purse, and you go on your merry way, and you harden your heart yet again. That's a procrastinating Christian, that the only time they see somebody or reach out to the man of God, because they want the man... I've had people leave this church mad, leave up here, and then some crisis befalls them. You know what I know who they call? Oh, preacher Gabe, will you pray for me? <laughs> yeah, I'll pray. I've been praying. God kill you, but uh, yeah, I'll pray. What's going on? You say, oh, preacher, you wouldn't do that. Jeremiah did it. <laughs> he did. I was, I'm reading in Jeremiah. Jeremiah was praying God kill a bunch of them. The apostle Paul prayed God kill a bunch of them. That work, work against God. But I, I find that amazing, people that I've known years ago, that uh, we've had a part of the ways because they didn't like how the preaching and teaching was. All of a sudden they're in a crisis and like, oh, Brother Gabbard. Or they'll come through a back channel. They'll come through somebody that's connected to me and say, like, oh, by the way, so-and-so said, would you pray for them? You say, what is that? Oh, that's somebody that's a crisis Christian. That's somebody just like Pharaoh. He got a form. I mean, when, when the heat gets turned up, he's got his 911. <laughs> Today we got social media. <laughs> you always know what's going on in people's lives by what they plaster all over social media. They'll lay out a church, 
They'll go run, do whatever they want. All of a sudden, somebody gets sick. Oh, pray for my kids. They're bad sick. Really? Really? 911. How about your non-emergency number for God? See, you're just like Pharaoh. You're a procrastinating Christian. You're just not going to do it right because you want another night with your frogs. Frogs, by the way, is a type of sin. You say, well, why would Pharaoh want another night with the frogs? I think because he was trying to give Janice and Jambres more time to get rid of them. Because he was going to do whatever he could do to keep from owing God or keeping his word to God. He didn't want to acknowledge God. He didn't want to believe in God. But it's funny who he turned to when the heat was on. And so he begins to play with God. And so he, he has God on this 911. Oh, Moses, he calls the man of God. Oh, Moses, entreat the Lord from me. Is that what he said? Yeah, entreat. That means earnestly plead. Oh, Moses, oh, buddy, I've seen the light. Oh. And so God answers the prayer. Moses even gets excited. Even God had already told him. He says, he, he ain't going to get right. Every time this happens, he's going to harden his heart a little more. And so the more I keep trying to get him to repent, God's trying to get him to repent. But this action, God's trying to get him to totally repent. It hardens his heart. I mean, we do that with people. Have somebody that think they heard something about us or and it's not true, and you go to them, you try to make it right, and you, you have the facts, you've got the right attitude, the right heart, and they, the more you try to convince them that the information they got was wrong, the harder they get. Ever experienced that in your life? So you say, what is that? Well, you're trying to get them to repent and to see that they've been given false information, and the more you try to work that out, the madder and the harder their heart gets. That's what's going on here. They're playing games. Pharaoh is playing game. He's a game player. I see these frogs. I call them the frogs of sin. Because now I'm going to make practical application for me and you. Number one. The frogs of sin. I've, I've already showed you that the Bible says these things are unclean. I, frogs are unclean. I, I don't have a frog as a, as a pet. I don't want a frog as a pet because I might want to eat him one day. I get hungry. I've had frog legs. I've hunted frogs. It, it, it's, it's not a bad process. But I'm not going to have one as a pet. Just like I'm not having a snake as a pet. It's uh, an amphibian. It's, it's cold-blooded. And uh, I just, no. But the Bible says that these things are unclean. I, actually, under the Jewish dietary law, you couldn't eat frog. Couldn't eat frog. It's considered an unclean animal. That's why I'm likened it to sin. The frogs of sin, they'll deceive you. And the thing, well, it's just not that bad. 
You ever done that with yourself? <laughs> You're having a problem. I do that every time I have one of those gout outbreaks, you know. You're all the time wiggling your toe. And you're like, oh, it ain't that bad. And you know the whole time it's getting worse by the hour. It's like, oh, no, it's not really that bad. No, I, you know, and you get about three days into it. And your toe, your ankle, your foot swells all up. You still not called the doctor. <laughs> by the time you do call the doctor, <laughs> you got to wait another three or four days. You, you, you are hurting. I did that with this last cold I had. I let it go for three weeks. The doctor says, if you're still sick after seven days, you need to come in. You're going to need a little help. It ain't that bad. So I go to the other extreme. I'm dying. They say, now look. <laughs> it's pneumonia. No, no, no. It's okay. Like, okay. Ain't that how we are with the frogs of sin? It deceives us into thinking that sin's just not that bad. It's just a little sin. It's just a little bit. I got news for you. There's a principle in the Bible. Little sins lead to bigger sins. We'll play today and get right tomorrow. I bet some of you have said that. I've said that about diets. <laughs> oh, yeah, honey, you get that. <laughs> Order Chinese takeout. Oh, yeah, by the way, get the spare ribs, too. Hot sour soup. Oh, yeah, and, and get those little things. Yeah, get General Toes, fried rice, and, and, yeah, put on there some of that lo mein. The veggie kind. <laughs> Start dieting tomorrow. It'll be all right. I'll go on the straight and narrow, I promise you. Tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Because tomorrow, there you sit about 3.30 in the afternoon having missed breakfast because you're trying to really start this thing. And you're like, one more day ain't going to hurt anything, is it? You say, what is that? That's the deceitfulness of sin. It's the frog of sin. And it's a deceitful frog. And it'll have you put it off tomorrow. It'll play with you. Deceive you into thinking that it's okay. Put it off. That's what Pharaoh's trying to do. He says, look, he could have had instant relief. These things were in his bed. These things were in the oven. These things was in the kneading trough. You couldn't make bread without frog being in it. Now, I like frog, but I don't want them in my bread. Unless we're rolling them in flour. But not in my bread. He could have had instantaneous relief. And he says, oh, no. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You, you know how it is. Trying to look big in front of everybody. Hey, tomorrow. It's really not that bad. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We'll do this thing tomorrow. Tomorrow. The frog of sin, it'll deceive you. Hebrews 11.24 talks about Moses not having fallen prey to this deceitful frog of sin. He says, by faith, Moses, when he come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction. There's our problem. With the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. 
I bet you some people said today, you know what, I'll just start and go to church next Sunday. Let me lay in. Oh, it's a nice day out there. I've worked hard. Let me lay in today. And I'll get in there. I'll start right next week on. I got news for you. By the time next week gets here, you ain't going to start right either. Until the next crisis comes up. And then it'll be 911. And you'll be afraid you can't get the answer from God quick enough so you'll call the man of God. Oh, preacher. <laughs> you might not like what I have to say about it. <laughs> I say, yeah, I know what the problem is. You've created this monster because you've been procrastinating what you know to do right. Now these frogs... Not only will they deceive you, they'll defile you. Sin will defile you. Bible says that these frogs were like, they were unclean. That means it'll defile you. Bible says, him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not. To him it is sin. Now, you need to get this. I thought about this this week. The devil can't take away sin. He can only create more. Only Jesus can take away sin. The devil can't bring peace. The devil can only bring more chaos. The devil can only add to your current affliction. That's what happened here with Janice and Jambres. The real miracle is getting them to go away. They were bringing more frogs up, making the problem worse. That's what the devil does. The devil only creates more sin for you to get involved with. The devil can't take it away. It'll defile you. Sin marks you. Let me ask you this question this morning. How do people see you? Sin marks you. How do people see you? Do they see you as a good church worker? Do they see you as a faithful church goer? Do they see you as a good soul winner? Do they see you as a good father? A good mother? God-fearing mother? God-fearing father? Or... Do they see you as a church splitter, a troublemaker, a bad father, a bad mother, a selfish father, selfish mother, not faithful, a person who's a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God? That means when you're given a choice of either pleasure or God, you always choose pleasure. How do people see you? See, sin defiles you. You might not intend to start out that way but because you want another night with the frogs of sin it's defiling you last point sin the frogs of sin will destroy you the bible's clear on this the wages of sin is death 
Lester Roloff used to teach it and preach it this way, and it's a pretty good thought. He says, any vice or anything that you do that causes a disease or a sickness is sin. The wages of sin is death. So anything that you're doing that causes a, or has a harmful effect. And then from there, he preached some of the hardest preaching I ever heard against cigarette smoking, beer drinking, TV watching, and right on down the line. I never thought about that before. But he says, anything you do that causes a disease, I guess I'll have to give up McDonald's. <laughs> They're saying those McDonald's patties got so much chemicals, they got embalming fluid in them. They don't have a good effect on you. Well, I know he was against all that. Now, don't panic. We're, Lester Roloff didn't live one moment longer than God had intended for him to live. <laughs> so I say enjoy life a little bit. But you know what? That old preacher was right. We look at the Bible wrong. We, we look at these things and we're like, well, that's not sin. There's really not a thou shalt not do that. There's no thou shalt not watch TV. And I'm not after your TVs. I got one. I got a couple probably running around. But back in the day, these, he's talking about tubed TVs. I guess they had tubes in them. Remember your mom and dad, grandparents said, don't get too close to that TV. Why did they do that? Because it, the radiation it put off. It hurts you. Now they got smart TVs now. And by the way, all these radio waves we got going through us from the smartphones and satellite internet, I guarantee you that ain't having a good effect on you. I just threw that out there. Something for you to think about. Let you just you meditate on that. Let the Holy Spirit work on you with that. But it's Bible based. For the wages of sin is death. <sighs> Yeah, I know, I know. That's why I don't preach that too often. They say butter's bad for you. I know, but it's sure great in biscuits. <laughs> On biscuits, in biscuits. And it's great in gravy. So it's got a harmful effect. I, I know, I got it. We all have our little issues, don't we? <laughs> but sin will destroy you. Pharaoh ends up getting destroyed. The Bible says in Psalm 78, God later says this about these frogs. He sent diverse sorts of flies, we're going to get to them, among them which devoured them. Okay? And frogs which destroyed them. Well, these frogs were not a good thing. Pharaoh is given no less than ten chances to repent. Yet Pharaoh wanted one more night with the frogs. He just wasn't going to come totally clean with God. Now, I'm going to close this thing down, but I want to ask you a series of questions. Pharaoh is a lost man. And we can understand his destruction because he rejects God. And he doesn't repent of his sin. We, we kind of get that. Pharaoh's lost. He rejects Jesus. He chooses the devil 
and the frogs and hell over God. Now, to me, that's a pretty bad choice. But he, he did that because there's pleasure in sin for a season. Let me bring it home to us. We're talking about sin this morning. and We don't need to be procrastinating about sin in our lives. We're procrastinators by, by nature. All of us are to some degree, on some issue. Remember King David? Now, he was a saved man. Do you understand that after his sin with Bathsheba, it's never recorded in the Word of God that he fought the Lord's battles? Do you know that? David had battles after the sin with Bathsheba. But it's never recorded that he fought the Lord's battles after the sin of Bathsheba. Now God forgave him. He's still a man after God's own heart. He got right. But sin destroys you. It has a lasting effect. Called ripples in the water. You know the battles that David had to fight after that sin and he got right? He fought some major battles after that time. But it was battles like when Amnon raped his sister Tamar. The battle when Absalom kills Amnon. Absalom takes the kingdom and that was a big old battle. Remember that? Joab kills Absalom. Joab kills Abner. Joab is a, is a cousin or an uncle. It's an uncle of, of David. And Joab is killed hanging on to the horns of the altar. Now let me ask you this morning. You, are you like Pharaoh? Hey, I, I got it, preacher. I understand you're a man of God. And I understand you're preaching truth, 100% truth. But I'll fly right next week. Well, let me ask you, right now in your life, are you fighting the Lord's battles? Or are you fighting battles that were caused by the ripples of the waters of sin that you've sown? See, you need to get that right. We don't need to be like Pharaoh. We don't need to say, you know, I want God to get rid of this. I want God to fix my life. I want God to straighten this out. But tomorrow, tomorrow, preacher, tomorrow, tomorrow never comes. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You don't put it off. Have you repented? Christian, are you fighting the Lord's battle? I hope here at our church, Tree of Life Baptist Church, that in the years to come that we fight the Lord's battles. Not battles that we've created because of sin. You know, I believe we have fought the Lord's battles these 10 years. We've had some major battles. But they were battles for truth. 
battles for right. And they, it could rightly be said it was the Lord's battles. And I pray to God that we never get to such a point in our lives that we stop fighting the Lord's battles because we want one more night with the frogs. And then we spend the rest of our life fighting the battles in our lives from the ripples of sin we've caused. You think about that. Because the devil, all he can do is add to your misery. He can't take away sin. Only Jesus can take away your sin. Only Jesus can make that thing right. Let's all stand this morning.